Hi, my name is Kyle Butenhoff, writer-director of Laced, and you are listening to Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Hi, I'm Dana Mackin, and you're listening to Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Hi, my name is Matt Ramey, and you're listening to Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. It's a show by Chris and Neil with all great movies. They are the real deal. We watch them all so you don't have to. It's movies that don't suck and some that do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, this is Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. My name's Neil. And I'm Chris. And guys, today we are still continuing our road of coverage. The road of horror movies, thriller movies, everything yeah. we can from the one of the biggest film festivals of the year for us, Panic Film Fest, mm. that is right there in North Kansas City. Now, Chris has been basically living there. He yeah, has a tent yeah, yeah. there, a sleeping bag. Um, maybe have spawned three, yeah. four kids. Adam's been telling me to leave, so they're <laughs> <laughs> they're hosing him off the sidewalk. Now, if you don't know, the uh, Panic Film Festival is held at the Screenland Armor, which is in North Kansas City, right across the river from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. Um, literally one of the coolest uh movie theaters you can go into. And guys, if you can't make it to the film festival which is every it's every mid-april in kansas city then you guys can follow on pa panicfilmfest.com that's panicfilmfest.com where they have a virtual tour they have everything that's going on you can buy tickets to watch uh movies that they have in their theater and you literally get like this 8-bit game that you will go around in that's like the sims if the sims was on nintendo yes and about horror movies it's isometric view so it's from above and it's really cool like i've i've walked through there several times and playing playing games on there i got lost in its cave <laughs> you know so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, guys, and definitely, uh, if you get a chance, go to PanicFilmFest.com uh, to, you know, go around, find out what it's all about, see if you can catch next year's, see if you can catch some of the films or get some of the ideas of films that are going to be out there for you to watch because, believe me, they've had a slew of them this year. Everything from Reinfeld to even the movie that we're going to talk about today, which is Laced. Laced. Uh, it's... Uh... Yeah, we're going to talk about that, and um, after the at the end of it, we have a, a great interview with the guy people from the main lace. So uh, stick around for that. Uh, you can check out our information. Oh, yeah. um, no, maybe give information about. Oh, what well, you're right because we don't normally do it like this. So we don't know what to do. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Chris, where can they find us? Find us online at moviesdonsuck.net. We're at w2mnet.com, the w2mnet.com. You can find our podcast there along with the tons of other podcasts. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviesdonsuck. Yeah, slash moviesdonsuck podcast. We're on Twitter at MTS podcast. We're on Instagram at MTS podcast. Go to patreon.com slash moviesdonsuck if you guys want to throw us a, uh, some money also on the top left-hand side of the screen if you're watching us on the video. And um, if you're um, oh yeah, if you guys want shirts, uh, like a a movies don't suck shirt, go to bonfire.com, search movies don't suck on something you'll find out there on some of the cool shit the Neil's made. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, watch on Facebook, go and like that page, and wherever you find podcasts, if you find podcasts, you find movies that don't suck and some that do.
Guys, if you have a small business, just let us know. Give us the information. Just email us, message us, and tell us in person. Give us a business card. We're more than happy to help you and your small business out free of charge. So literally, just give us the information. We can give you to our thousands of followers or millions of listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%, you can do that. We'll be more than happy to. But today, we are now deep diving again into another movie from the movie uh, from the Panic Film Festival. Chris, tell us all about it. We're, so, we're talking about the movie Waste, uh, directed by Kyle Butinoff, uh, starring Kyle, uh, Hermione Lynch, uh, Dana, Macon as, Dana Macken as Molly, and Zach Tinker as Austin. That's really the main cast, four people. Why don't you read the storyline for this? Okay, cool. In an unpersistent snowstorm, a wife's plans to kill her abusive husband begin to unravel. Yeah, so this is like a thriller. This is uh, the best way you said it best mm-hmm. when um, writing up uh, questions for the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, this is very Hitchcock. Yeah, this very is Hitchcock. very Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. This is very what you think one thing's coming and it's the other way. Yeah, like, it's, it's a chamber piece, so it takes place in one place mostly, like three or four rooms of a house. Uh, and, like, with, with that, when having such a small space, it forces filmmakers to get creative. And we got a lot of creativity in this movie. Yes, a lot of creativity. Um, and to be honest, we are just... This movie... Okay, one, <laughs> Kyle. Now, now, me and Chris, if, you, if you've listened to the show in, in the past, we have, we have, I have always had this theory where someone who plays a villain, a bad guy, or even, it doesn't matter if they're in pro wrestling or on movies, yeah. my, my number one thing is if they are a major asshole on film, on screen, mm-hmm. then in real life, they are super sweetheart. Yeah, and that's how we, we, get that, we get that question answered yeah, yeah. in the interview. So make sure to cape forward for that. I mean, you always but, tell the uh, story about Andre the Giant when you were a kid, how he picked you up for your earballs. Is that nothing? Yeah, yeah, and he was and he was a bad guy at the yeah, time. Yeah. He was a villain at yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. Um Kyle and uh Dana were one hundred percent awesome people to talk to. And they were great uh, actors too. Like they were great yeah. news. They really played their parts well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Dana, uh, Molly, the main character, uh, is going through this uh, should she not, should she mm-hmm. to try to kill her husband um, by making this uh, shepherd's pie, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, she's going to lace with drugs, and that's why the movie's called yeah, it's the very beginning. Yeah, it's very beginning. I'm not not spoiling anything. That's not what the turmoil of this picture is. Oh, no. Um, But uh, it's got me thinking I shouldn't eat less shepherd pies. (laughs) Uh, But Kyle, like, oh, my gosh. One, he plays a complete asshole in this movie. And he should be because he's a Denver Broncos fan. And we all know Denver Broncos fans are assholes. Like, oh, they're the best. It's like. No, and then, they, they they're the best for one season once with Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> like, no Man, way doesn't even count anymore. Yeah, and uh, Hermione and Zach, fantastic. These characters as a uh, Victoria and Austin, they were amazing. Uh, all the actors in this are top notch, really. Yeah, this is a very um, not superstitious, but uh, suspenseful. I'm sorry, yeah, it's suspense. Yeah, definitely it's suspense. suspense movie because you you want to know. Is people going to find out? Is things going to go right? Is yeah. you know if, if what what's going to happen? Like mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
is he going to die? Is he not going to die? Like, you know, like there's so every single corner of this film is, has you on edge yeah. because you don't know if the, the thing you want to happen is going to happen yeah. or if it's going to be completely, you know, I was, rough. I was surprised all around at some of the things that happened. I'm like, Holy shit. I'm just saying that out loud in the theater. <laughs> um, when I saw this, just like, Holy fucking, you know, in the theater, like it was, it's a small one. It's the theater too. It, it's really it's So it's like 40 people. And you can hear right. everyone collectively gasp. Everyone be like, "Oh fuck!" Like at the same time, it was really cool to to see this in theaters. And uh, I, I'm sure it, you were at home. You're like, "Oh shit!" Like, is it, I know it surprised you at points too, right? Oh yeah, by any means. I yeah. was actually in this very room right now that I'm in because my my monitors. Yeah. I got a pretty good yeah. size monitor here, and it's great to you know with these soundproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, uh, I don't hear everything in the world going yeah. on. Um, but yeah, there's many times in this film where like, oh, oh shit, no, oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Um, the characters played off of each other really well. Oh, yeah. um, now, um, the two main characters, uh, Kyle and, uh, or Charlie and Molly, who are played by Kyle and Dana, mm-hmm. um, you could tell they've played with each other before. Uh, there's a wonderful musical called Quarantine, the musical yeah. that they did that was a slap comedy, um, serious comedy serious. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know how you say yeah. it because it was comedy that brought a serious. Was it dramedy? I don't know if it was a dramedy. Okay. It was more. It was more of a comedy. Okay. And at the end, they're like, "Hey." I know we all got a laugh from this, but people uh, die because yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you just brought it back. But, yeah, there was chemistry between Charlie and Molly, Molly Zach, and uh, Molly and Victoria. Like, chemistry all around. Like, like they had the best people to work with them because it was just, it was, it was tight. The, the script was tight, but it also felt really natural, the speaking, you know, like, like a lot of times you'll see something like, like if you still watch a lifetime movie, you're like, God, this is so sloggy, but this is the complete opposite that the dialogue was snappy and popped, but it was also very natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like at any time this, uh, not just the natural way to talk, but like, uh, I feel like, uh, Zach Tinker and Dana, they played brother and sister mm-hmm. in this. Um, I believe it, it was, it, yeah, I believed it. I believe that they were brother and sister. They talked to each other like a brother and sister do. I mean, how do you talk to your sister? Uh, I mean, I I talk to my sister seldomly, but, but when I do, I talk to her like like you know, I call her by you know her short name, and I uh, yeah, and I fuck around with her. We have fun, but uh, yeah, right, like, yeah. It, they Dana and Zach, or and Molly and Austin. Molly and Austin felt like brother and sister. I you know. I've, yeah, I felt like they, they picked on each other well. They did the thing. Um, the looming over darkness of this film is just like, oh, there's dude. just such a, like a dark complexion to this film. It just dread. You're like, yeah, yeah it, it gets to the point where you're kind of like, man, I, I kind of feel bad yeah, yeah. that I'm rooting for the bad guy yeah. here. <laughs> and um, so like, but even then, it's sort of it's sort of like who is the bad guy too? They sort of make you question like the motivations of everyone and what yeah. you would do in this situation. Which is it, you you want a movie it, that's gonna sort of test you, you know, and this yeah. and Lace does that. And that's the thing about like this movie is like it is one of those that afterwards, at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna be like, okay, 
maybe I'm not a good guy for liking <laughs> the way this turned out or the way this is going to turn out. Yeah. Um, but man, it is what it is. So, uh, let's get some quotes yeah. and, uh, we'll give our rating on this. Yeah. Thing. Sounds good to me. see see how if I'm on the right page first give me a second uh yeah yep yeah, because i watched it after renfield all right cool <laughs> <laughs> uh what, what's going on nothing oh yeah i'm uh, giving oh quotes. sorry right. <laughs> burn a candle when it's done i want you to know i love you Oh, is that for me or is your boyfriend coming around? What are we having for dinner? Shepherd's pie. <laughs> what the fuck, Jesus? Call that asshole. Nobody's happy all the time. Show me someone who's happy 24-7 and I will show you someone ready for a straight jacket. Sometimes I think I'm happy, but then I realize that I'm just not sad. Mm -hmm. What is the score of the game? Because every Broncos fan has to ask that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because they lose constantly. Um, I'm going to say a big scary word, but don't you worry. We are trying to help you. <laughs> Flat on your back. And you still bowling the fuck out of her. Understand where you are is because I want it that way. Um, somehow this isn't even the worst coming out story I've ever heard. <laughs> this was self-defense. Who knows what that fucker was capable of. You will never look at me the same again. You're a grown-ass woman. How do you not know how to lie yet? <laughs> if this seat is good enough for Super Bowl 32, it's good enough for you. <laughs> Lucky I know how to fix it. How's that? Whiskey? <laughs> that fixes a lot said, of Yeah, it fixes lots and lots of them. Um he said he changed. He stopped drinking. He found God. Now, if you don't mind, I know where Chuck keeps his good bourbon. You have it wrong. That's not the saying. It's three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. <sighs> Her parents really wanted a Denny's waitress. <laughs> One of my favorite days of my life, and I can never go there again. Who the fuck still uses Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, so um, my score on this, 4.3. It really surprised me. It was something that was I didn't expect to, to grip me so well, but I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um I hate that I let you go first sometimes because that's exactly the number I was going to give it. God damn it. <laughs> like, we'll see you guys uh, later. <laughs> yeah, see you later. I guess we don't get to argue about anything today. Um, there's uh, no run to me. I scoring it yet, so that's just our score today. Your your face is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But, yeah, uh, it's not out yet, so there's no run to me. I'll score on it, so I searched, and 
But yeah, it's it when this comes out, we'll definitely be shouting from the mountaintops where to find it. But Glace was great. I loved it. Yeah, it's one of those movies that literally, guys, that uh, it it was one of the best ones at the Panic Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, by any means, you get a chance to go see this. Do do tomorrow. Do it right. Do it naked. Um, do it butt naked, mm-hmm. just completely butt naked. All what are we talking about? Where did I go off? I'm on a tangent now. Yeah, yeah, we're on a tangent. We do that though. But, the, uh, but anyway, but no, this is literally a good movie. It is a uh, Hitchcockian, very much yeah. uh, like Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. It is very um, uh, who done it, who did it, what's going to happen, kind of film suspense. Um, yeah. Very suspenseful. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, the bottom line is this. I can't wait to see what Kyle comes up with next. Yeah. Like Kyle has been working. He's worked on several films. He, he's done everything from uh, acted in like uh, SWAT and uh, Mayans and uh, other things like that. Uh, but just to see this movie, you're going to get an idea of what his thought process is in that. But to tell you what his thought process is, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is continue to listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because now you're going to be hearing from, uh, you're going to hear from Kyle, you're going to hear from Dana, and you're going to hear from Matthew. Uh, Producer. Yeah, da, da. yeah I'm good. You Sorry. stop correcting me every five seconds. <laughs> it's all Chris knows how to do. He's like, oh, well, man, I got to wait. 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 Okay, now I can correct him. Mm-hmm. But. Chris, introduce the next portion of this, and then I'm, I'm done. I oh, can't. You, you can't talk anymore? Okay. So, yeah, we're, you guys stick around. We're going to talk to Kyle Budenhoff, Dana Mackin, and Matt Remy of uh, The Least, and we have a great interview with them. Uh, stick around to hear oh, that. It's great. It's a great interview. We oh, had dude. a good time. Oh, it, yeah. it took so long for us to even, like, tell them the we we can't anymore. Yeah. We gotta get out. I had to, my lunch break was yeah, over. <laughs> yeah. There's even a part if I don't know if he edited it out or not. I kept it. Where in I, there. I huh? <laughs> you kept it in there. I literally tried to cut it short or 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 cut it off. Cut it off. And Chris is like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, you're the one that told me you had to go back the, to work." And I was like, "But they like me. It's okay." <laughs> they, they like me. Uh, All right. Uh, well, guys, stick around. Guys, we say yeah, we stick have... around for the uh, the rest of this end of this episode. Have a good time, and make sure to remember. Um, we were all drunk when we aired. No, we weren't. We weren't. We were one hundred percent. But uh, it'd have been nice. All right, here you guys. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages. It's another episode of Movies That Don't Suck and Some To Do. My name is Neil. I'm Chris, and I'm not sure if you're advertising this to all ages. Well, well you tell me to say all ages all <laughs> I did not tell you that. Right. You're the one that pays me the $3 a week to do this. <laughs> all right. So today, we are continuing our coverage of the one, the greatest horror movie festival, I believe, in the world, 
Panic Film Fest, the premier horror movie film festival, uh, everything from Hollywood blockbusters, the first time filmmakers can be seen there, uh, located at the Screen Lane Armor in North Kansas City. You can find the information at panicfilmfestival.com or Facebook backslash Panic Film Fest, including their virtual playground. You can go around in the their their 8-bit world, going around with your little meme so you can go around and find clips, uh, other available virtual films, and also trailers. Now, today, uh, continuing our interview process with all the lovely creators out there at Panic Film Festival, uh, we have got the creators of a well-received movie, not only from the Panic Film Fest people, but uh, all across the world. Like, you, what was it, a bunch of nominations in, in Scott? What was the Scott? What is it, Scott? Yeah, Scotland International <laughs> uh, Festival of Cinema. Um, yes, and so today... First, we have the writer, director, actor of the film. You might have caught him in SWAT, Mayans, or Netflix series Dahmer. And with him, the main star of the film, who plays Molly, the one who wants to off her abusive husband. You might have seen her as Eve in Quarantine the Musical, or even in Netflix's Girl in the Picture as Sharon. And also with them, um, a man who's known for writing and producing shorts like Eyes of the Beholder, a certain kind of man, Savior, and a small role in one of my favorite movies of all times mr colorado citizen and batman versus superman dawn of justice and he is the executive producer of lace so we have kyle butinoff dana muckin and matthew ramey hi everybody welcome to the show that's good to have I you guys on. That was all one breath. That was yeah. all one yeah. breath. I was about to say, that was like a whole mouthful, man. That was, <laughs> someone's had their coffee, man. Yeah, Neil, Neil did it. No, 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 from I you guys showed you. up, and I was like, geez, man. <laughs> but, uh, Chris, how well, thank you, you guys start? so much for having us on. Oh, no, yeah. thanks for coming on. We're uh, thrilled to have you on, for sure. Um, so, uh, you get into Laced. When, how did the idea for Laced actually start? Like when, when did you begin? So I, I was hitting, I was writing like this conspiracy thriller mm-hmm. and I was like 70 pages in on it. And it, the conspiracy was getting so thick that I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. So I was, I was, you know, ticked off. I, I, I just threw it down, went to go put on a movie. Cause that's what I will do when I'm like feeling some type of way mm-hmm. and uh, dial in for murder. The, the classic Hitchcock uh, movie came on Perfect. and I was just like, Oh, if we're trying to make this indie movie that for no budget, that's how we do it. We, you know, four characters, isolated location, and then kind of just delving into the humanity of their choices. Now that happened around 2019 and we started sending out the script, and things were looking good. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, the, but, so uh, from the beginning, it was always a chamber piece. Yeah, it yeah. was always like the whole concept behind it was always like, what if we did a stage play and then filmed it? Okay. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I love that you said that you know uh, the Hitchcock film that, that was the one that gave your inspiration because me and Chris have actually talked in detail about how this is very, very Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, very with the, with a touch know. of Fincher, I think. But um, Fincher's <laughs> my yeah. favorite guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so 
one of the uh, the main parts of the entire film itself was actually the cab and the house that you guys used, which was mm-hmm. just a great because it was a character itself it was amongst so the, gorgeous. the, the that place. I want yeah. to live there. Uh, how how was that location <laughs> discovered? Did you guys find that? So it's a uh, it's a friend's cabin um, that we we were at a. a a New Year's Eve party there and it was like a you know contained bubble New Year's Eve party because it was very much in the height of the pandemic so um we we went there and uh you know both Matt and I had been hearing about the script been giving Kyle notes on it back and forth like it was it was kind of floating around for us and then once we went to this cabin you know 10 drinks in we were like do you know what would be so chill and casual and easy is making this movie (laughs) if if we were able to use this location and we ended up being able to use the location and what was so crazy and awesome about it was the fact that the crew and cast was able to stay on one floor and then we shot everything on the second floor so it was all contained in this one space i would say that was amazing in a lot of ways also towards the end i think it definitely pushed everyone's sanity towards the edge just a little bit um i would be i would be sitting up in bed in the middle of the night just being like why aren't the lights set up (laughs) (laughs) you're sleeping on set so yeah i mean we, we had the opportunity to go back to that cabin um a couple of months ago uh and we were very concerned that we would have very like PTSD and, for sure. And I think we like we, we befriended the cabin. Like the cabin, we're cool. We love her. Like, <laughs> everywhere except the one room I was sleeping in. That yeah. room I walked in, I was like, no, nope, I'm leaving. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this room. Yeah. I don't like it. Here. Uh, I felt cursed. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, so. So basically, was this all filmed during the pandemic? Then it was filmed like during like so. This is like twenty twenty one. That that this was is most yeah. Twenty twenty one. It was uh, about a year or two years ago to the day almost. We were going up to that cabin to start rehearsals. So uh, it was it was kind of like you know, in terms of production, it was definitely we had to you know abide by all of the the kind of stricter guidelines that were in place at the time. But for us, like we knew that we were creating our own quarantine bubble, so to speak, you know, going up to this cabin and housing everyone there as well. So for us, it was like, we had those kind of like logistical challenges that we had to deal with, with unions, but it was still like a very, very contained film that we could, you know, not really be at risk trying to do this during a pandemic. Sure. Yeah. A zone, B zone, and C zone were all in the exact same <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. all 20 feet away from each other. No, we, you know, the, scariest part because this was you know during a time where it was still pretty everyone was still very much on their toes about everything and the the most nervous time you know in terms of that was like the first four or five days but once everybody was there everybody had been tested every day and it once we were all there it was honestly the safest I felt during that time because we didn't go anywhere else and nobody saw anyone else. So I almost completely forgot about it until you mentioned it. But like literally when we first got up to the cabin, that was like the highest pressure. I mean, to that point, because if one of the actors tested positive, we had like Colorado backups that were like kind of in mind and stuff like that. 
yeah. our entire shoot time is 16 days. So at that time, it was a two-week wow. quarantine period. Yeah. So if someone pops, then they're out completely. The movie's yeah. off, basically. And, yeah. Because, yeah. like, you only get 14 days to get over the COVID, and then, you know, before yeah. we can come I've, back. So. I've had it, I've had it uh, twice now, and it's been awful each time. Yeah, yeah, I had it I, like 142 times. <laughs> I just lost. I'm not just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I have. I had, I it, four had, it, oh, wow. I had yeah. it four times. Oh wow! I had yeah. it. I had it three, and I had to go do a. I was supposed to go do a a show, and I was like, uh, "Boss, sorry, you're gonna have to call on the other guy." And it, yeah. it just because the next time we go do that show, the same show, the guy's like, "I'm so glad you're the dude that showed up this time." <laughs> <laughs> but. Because uh, I, I did find one photo, I think. I believe this is a photo of you guys filming. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is one I saw. And then one I have really weird question about. Uh, this one's to you, Dana. Um, what the heck is going on here? Are you, <laughs> are, are you eating jello? Are you, <laughs> no. I'm um, guessing that is blood for a certain scene. We won't say what scene, but I'm sure it's, it has to do with the bathtub, I'm guessing. That's uh, that's the forbidden soup. <laughs> yeah, we um, so obviously it was uh, for a variety of reasons. It was a skeleton crew, and I actually do have background in makeup and special nice. effects. Oh, nice. Um, so I was it, there were a lot of hats that were worn by everyone. Um, and that was one of the hats that I put on. So. Uh, you know, the prosthetics and all the fake blood and, and all of that stuff. Um, uh, like if somebody's dead and it looks like they're dead, I, I got to do all of that, which honestly was one of my favorite parts of production because that's something I'm so safe and comfortable in doing right. that in those moments of like, oh my God, what are we doing? I've never done this before. I'm freaking out. I could just be like, I know how to do this. So, so that, that begs the question, who cooked this shepherd's pie? Uh, do you know? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It was it was my mom. My parents most... were able to come and help a little bit because they live in Colorado, too. So that mm. was, I mean such an incredible help Huge. one of the most yeah. uh, funniest parts of this seriously and this is just mad coincidence i made uh i am an irish guy i grew up in you know catholic area and i actually made myself a generic uh like shepherd's pie and was sitting here eating it and then i put your guys's movie on to watch <laughs> oh, it no. and I, i'm not joking i literally sent a picture to chris i was like <laughs> This is weird. It's like, am I a generic by any means? It's just like beef stew is wild. potatoes on top. But like, it was like, what the heck, dude? I wonder I, what that I, means. I don't know. And it was like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I didn't know you were going to have shepherd's pie today. <laughs> I mean, either. Right? It's, like, it's the circle of life. I heard it moves us all. Now, um, you guys, uh, now, I, I looking at all the history and everything with this movie, it's, it looks like you guys got funded in under three weeks for this movie? No. Hate-wise, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like. No. Matt, yeah. do you want to take that one? Yeah, yeah. So we, we kind of had like a, a multi-pronged fundraising approach, and one of those was crowdfunding, um, which, you know, was ended up being kind of just a portion of our budget that we felt like we were comfortable raising through our community, but it was also really just to kind of build an audience and build a community and get people excited about what we were doing. So it was kind of like, you know, both like, you know, raising money for the film, but also kind of also um, marketing 
you know, device as well, which I think went really well. We got a, a great, great following out of it. People were super engaged. So that definitely helped kind of spur momentum for us too, in terms of like going to a different other sources. Like we had a fiscal sponsorship, which was huge in getting, you know, kind of larger sums of donations uh, that right. were tax deductible. And then also just in terms of like showing financiers, like, Hey, we've got people who are excited about this. Like, Hey, this is kind of something that's starting to happen. Are you interested in coming on board? And so that was kind of how we, how we got there. It was still a very, very fast uh, fundraising process and kind of something that like we were like, as long as we get to production, if we have the money to go to production, we can, right. you know, get through Figure post, it whether it's like, whether it's we're doing it all ourselves or whether we can also reach out to more financiers once we have a cut done and be like, okay, here's the cut, here's what we need. And, and so that was kind of how we were able to make things happen so fast right at the beginning. Okay. So, um, just to continue this part really quick, like <laughs> I, I just have to, I got to bring up this and I'm just, I, one question and I'm, I'm delaying a little bit cause I'm adding a picture to my frame. And when I do <laughs> add this picture, um, just tell me which one was the worst. Of the <laughs> poison party. I'm getting close and read uh, this real quick. Let's see. So you I can have, tell you what the worst was just in terms of like just throughout the entire process. Sure. There were two. There yeah. was the habanero pepper, which right. in the moment was we it was so funny. We invited our cinematographer on the stream <laughs> with us. And literally, me and Dana both got the habanero pepper, and we had to leave. We had to leave the stream. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the fight or flight response of just like my brain being like, "You're gonna die. You're gonna die." <laughs> I was not prepared. I I like spicy food a lot, yeah. and and I really was like, "How bad can I get? It's just spicy." We like, the whole entire we habanero bit the one. whole thing, and yeah, Sam, our incredible. DP is, you know, he's, he's wonderful and charming, but he's not an in front of the camera guy. Right. So we kind of had to like drag him onto this, onto the street. Because we're like chugging, we're like eating yogurt. And like our roommate at the time was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You guys. <laughs> yeah. Then I did a spoonful of wasabi, a full spoonful oh of wasabi. God. And oh, that one was no. almost, it wasn't as bad like in the moment, but for three days, my oh, no. just—I'm not gonna get into it, yeah. but it's just yeah. nothing was happening, nothing was going right. Meanwhile, have you, guys just... ever, have you guys ever seen the internet show Hot Ones, where they do the hot ones? Yes. Oh yeah. There's a sauce from Kansas City. It's called the Bomb. Do mm. not, and I repeat, do not ever try it. There's no <laughs> point. There's nothing manly to see about, you know, if you can do this or not. It is the most bad experience for the next four days of your life. Yeah. We did a second round of uh, crowdfunding not that long ago um, to just wrap up a couple of post-production things. And Zach Tinker was, uh, did all of those streams oh, wow. with us. Um, and, we we did like we kind of did like a revamp pick your poison party and he brought one of those blue chips do you guys oh, know what we're yeah talking? i know oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and we were telling him we we're like hey listen buddy like just don't get too excited about doing that one first <laughs> wait till the end wait till the end because when you do it 
from experience, you're done. You're there's done. no coming you're back. Done. You're, you're out of the street. It's yeah. like you're you're that's three strikes right there. He didn't listen, guys. He did not listen. He did it oh in like the first 15 minutes, and he was gone. For, he was like sweating, and like it's your body has a reaction to to temperature like to to spice like the that trauma yeah. a, tra- a trauma response yeah. so, <laughs> i actually saw the one chip bill is at the, gro- the, the grocery store i stopped by and i said it for 30 seconds and i'm like no i'm good like, like i'm not good <laughs> it's it's not it's not worth it i mean it was all worth it it was all oh, worth sure, it yeah. but i'm i'm i don't know it wasn't for me and we made mad you know the worst thing he had to do was like a carrot and like <laughs> I think, he, I think he had a broccoli one. Hey, hey, I was Ooh. drinking raw eggs. <laughs> I was drinking raw eggs. I tried some hot stuff. I didn't have any like painfully hot things. It was more so like really weird, upsetting textures. Like remember I took like one shot of like I think it was vodka, but there was mayonnaise in it too. Vodka, oh. vodka with the mayonnaise. Yeah, but it was so it was like mayonnaise like swirled around like a snake <sighs> inside this cup. And just the visual alone was was upsetting. <laughs> um, okay, so let's jump over to uh, some of the details of this movie because this movie, uh, without giving too much of a way, of course, we're not going to give away endings or anything like, that. like that. We're not spo- yeah. we're not spoilers like that. We don't like doing that. Actually, we did that for the first ten episodes, and then all our families like this is the reason we can't listen to you guys because <laughs> you spoil everything. <laughs> But uh, Dana, your character is uh, one of the main focus of this movie. So um, what did you draw from to like get into that character? Because, I mean, she's going through like some and by any means, you can tell you're obviously a a very bubbly, very happy kind of person. And this person, believe I didn't think you smiled ever in life. And now I see that you do. Like, I mean, you just look so dark and deep. Lots of brooding. Lots of brooding. A lot of brooding. (laughs) She is. That was always my note. More she, she was <laughs> despondent, and and let me tell you, I um, I definitely underestimated what it was going to be like. You know, I think with um like other things I've done, the, the thing about it is that it's happens over a, a certain period of time, like multiple days. So you're able to bring in your character with a different energy to different scenes, right? And the truth is, is that this is all in the span of a couple of hours. And so in order to maintain consistency and and believability, she has to maintain a pretty similar emotional experience throughout the entirety of it, right? So uh, honestly, it, it got, it was not fun towards the end, like having to maintain this kind of physical state of, stress and like anxiety and upset um but i think you know first of all the the scenes that i'm crying in this thing at most of them i was just crying because i was like man is so dark and this is hard so i just like (laughs) able to like source the stress of pre-production into that um but you know the thing that was biggest for me like the thing I related to the most with this character and I was kind of able to hook onto and then kind of expand my imagination around who she was um was my character's relationship with her brother uh she has this very close relationship with her brother I have a very close relationship with my brother and Kyle you know he has a very close relationship with his sister so the way that those 
interactions happen in the script is is so authentic and um you know Zach and I were able to connect in that way and I kind of was able to build her around that kind of main line um do my best not to like trauma source when it comes to like sure. really upsetting things uh, a lot of actors do that and I love that um for them but I I try to this is getting a little corny and actory, but I try to yeah. recreate emotional experiences in my body mm-hmm. as opposed to in my brain. Okay. So I'm not sourcing like when my dog died, yeah. when I'm like crying about somebody else dying, just because I don't think that that's, um, that's not a thing you can just keep doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like also the, the well kind of runs dry a little bit. Eventually. Once, you, yeah. once you're like going back to the same emotion a bunch of times, you've almost revisited it to the point of like it not holding any weight anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, no. that being said, no. Kyle had to constantly remind me to like be <laughs> so. more sad. And I was ready to slap him across the face towards the end. He was like, you're sad. You're sad. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually okay. brings me to my next question, actually. Um, so to me, the script seems super tight, but, but the dialogue is also very natural. So um, was there any ad living involved? Yeah, I mean, not uh, extensively. Yeah. But I find uh, just throughout performing myself as an actor and also through, you know, watching others perform and stuff that uh, I'm not like a, like a dictator when it comes to the written word. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of the this is kind of the point. These are the ideas that we're trying to get across. But uh, if somebody says like, uh, there's a line I don't want to spoil it, but where Molly said something and it just wrapped everything together. It wasn't a written line. It was like a punch at the end of the monologue. And I go exactly. <laughs> so I, I feel like why would you ever like if you feel that? Why would you ever go? That's not what I wrote. <laughs> like, <laughs> The best thing about being a director is that you really do get to take credit for everybody else's great ideas. <laughs> everyone, everyone's coming to you and being like, what if we did this? And I'm like, that's genius. And then like later on down the road, you go, wow, you made that amazing choice. And I go, you know, it was all the team and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the best ideas always show up on screen. Right. You can't right. be like precious about what your little, you know, uh, sonnet to the world is going to be. Unless it's the room yeah. and then no good ideas. Show up on the <laughs> uh, anyway, now Kyle, um, talking about uh, your acting style, I, I literally, okay. I have this theory and me and Chris have talked about this podcast for the last, how many years we've been on together. Um, now I've noticed this pattern in every show that you play, uh, doesn't matter if it's SWAT, Mayans, even Dahmer, yeah. and even this movie, you always play either a smart ass or an asshole to be <laughs> 100% right. So I guess this question will go to Dana and Matt. So um, <laughs> my theory is the biggest assholes at, on film are the nicest guys in real life. Is that true with Kyle? And if it isn't, I got people I can get you jobs. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's a hundred percent true. Like that's what is so funny is that like Kyle in real life to whoever Kyle ends up being on screen is so vastly different that it's like, it's fun to, to watch Kyle act because you're just like, 
this is this is so far from who you are. <laughs> and it's like you can see little little he has little bits of himself in, in everything for sure, but like it's definitely like such a trip just to watch. It's like, it's so unfair to him. Like he is <laughs> such he is so kind. Like what you guys are seeing, this like shining ray of sunshine, this is who he is, like truly. Right. And then and then Very he nice. gets on screen and it's just like so dark and upsetting or awful and but yeah it just keeps happening and i that theory feels correct to me and i don't awesome you know why i was was a little fearful in approaching after the after the movie i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) well you know what the truth is guys is that i wrote this originally to give myself a role that wasn't like villainous and evil and stuff like that but then when i realized that i was also going to be directing it i felt like i had to switch characters so that i I wasn't acting and directing the entire movie right and and i was like oh no i just wrote myself another asshole (laughs) so how did zach and hermione get attached to this that was just through the casting process, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, through Actors Access and LA Casting and their their representation. And Zach, funnily enough, was the first tape that oh, we got. He was great. And like, he was yeah, amazing. I, yeah. he's, I mean, you guys saw the movie. He's like a, a force of like nature, mm-hmm. right? And that his tape came across that way. And I was just like, oh, my God, if this is the first tape, we are set. We are golden. <laughs> and then it turns out that Zach was the guy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, And I believe I said it at the Panic Fest Q&A, but like really as soon as we got Zach and Hermione on board and we saw what they were doing with the characters, we're like half the battle's already won. Yeah. Like yeah. we're in such good hands that like honestly we just – it's all about execution from here on out. And we so, love them and they're such they're – such, um, such good sports, you know. Yeah. Like there were definitely moments of this set that were like – really intense and there was like a lot of people and there was like a real fire happening in the fireplace and it was smoky and and they were just they never they were just such incredible uh people to work with so with all these good things that like literally i've heard i've heard so many good parts of the filming process that went great for you guys i gotta ask the question i gotta be the you know the guy that's gonna flip the coin what was the hardest part about filming this movie (laughs) I would say definitely the hardest part, I think, was the kind of psychological aspect of it, where we're shooting for 16 days. The movie takes place all at night, so we're also living at the same location, and we have to tent the whole house to be nighttime outside. So essentially, it was like living in darkness for for us was a month because we were there for a week of rehearsals as well as like another couple of days beyond our shooting window so i think we were all in all we the three of us were up there for about three ish weeks Mm -hmm. um and we really didn't see the sun until (laughs) the very end and it honestly it like changed seasons on us like while we were shooting too like i remember we went up there and it was like still winter and we were coming down the mountain and it was like springtime and it just like was so like encapsulated like this experience that we had where we yeah. just kind of went to our cave to make something for a month and came out as new people. So yeah, it was yeah. definitely like the the resilience of getting through uh, such a, you know, kind of bubble scenario. 
Yeah, not to mention, when he says bubble scenario, we shot this in complete isolation. Like, literally, the right. nearest population to us was 45 minutes away, and it was a federal penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> there are two dollies in the state of Colorado. We had to lock down one of them. <laughs> um, we had to somehow show that there was snow outside, and it's April. So <laughs> we were like, are we going to have to get a snowblower? Like, also, when he says that, like, we tented the house so it would be, you know, day for night, um, we're on top of a mountain. The winds are going at 40 miles per hour. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. these tentings around the house just become sails, and the house is literally getting, like, lifted off oh the foundation. Like, it was, yeah, and there were days where because the winds were so strong, no matter how much they tried to, to attach um, – the the tenting process it just wasn't working so then we'd have to two hours before we were supposed to start shooting be like actually everybody go back to bed and try and get some sleep because we're actually going to do a night shoot tonight instead of the day and stuff like that so there was you know i think that we definitely underestimated how challenging the day for night aspect of it was going to be and it's kind of funny looking back because we really felt like that was going to be better for everybody's like mental health to try and like stick to a circadian rhythm and like sleep at nighttime and be awake during the daytime. But the truth is, is if there's no sunshine, you literally can't tell the difference. Your body can't tell the difference. Your brain can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking back, I'm like, maybe we should have just done night for night the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it was weird. Cause we, we did that night for night, like halfway through our production schedule. So it was like, we were doing the day for night, realized we had to pivot. So then we had to kind of like make a hard jump to, to doing night shoots and then kind of try to wean everyone back into the day <laughs> by the end because of how turnaround times work when you're on set. And so it was definitely like, uh, it was hard on everyone. And yeah. those, those like, you know, middle like slog of just getting through like the middle of the, of the shooting window was just, it was so, hard for everyone, but we did it. I mean, so basically, what you're telling me is that Kyle was actually his character by the end of the shoot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Kyle no, had was, lost uh, so much weight by the end. Of the oh, <laughs> I don't know if you see him, but guy. he doesn't—he doesn't have a lot of weight to lose. Okay, and like, there's a picture of us. I don't know. It's—it's it's on our Instagram, but like, there's a picture of us all standing on this kind of like rock formation at the end. Our whole crew, and if you zoom in on Kyle, he looks like he is about to pass away. Like his like oh, face man. is like this. Like he was, I mean, both of these guys worked so hard and were under an insane amount of pressure. And by the end, like you can just see, like there's just no light in Matt's eyes. Like Kyle is wasting away. It's, it was, <laughs> but it was worth it. We're not trying to complain because we're no. so, so lucky to have done this, I, but it was intense. It was intense. I, well, so, the thing is, oh, good. Uh, it's like with with most work where you have to put in that much energy in it, and when you get something so positive at the end, you yeah. got to just be proud of the time and the effort yeah. that you had to put into it. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And also, all of the all of the bad stuff just becomes like the a good like a good story never was like. And then everything happened according <laughs> to plan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> boring story, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, we're we're just honestly grateful the experience that we had just because. I, I mean, I know it bonded all three of us like like a family together. And on top of that, like just with the casting crew, we couldn't be more proud of how much right. everybody really just showed up, you yeah. know? And I think you can see that on screen of how much everyone just like really had to 
throw in all their chips because it was either all in or nothing. Yeah. 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 And, and be believe me, that's not just us seeing that on screen. Yeah, like literally sure. I have not heard one person say a bad word about this movie yeah, I, since uh, I have been going through it. Well, so I saw that's... in theaters, I, like, I, I was really into the audience reaction. Like, like there are things that people were just, everyone was like, Oh no, I can hear the audience gasp. Or just like, oh my God. Um, and that was, that was great. So how was your, I was going to say, and, and uh, even my, my wife, she's a huge Hitchcock fan, like Twilight Zone fan and stuff like that. And she she loved this movie. She was like, she oh, doesn't watch really any of the nice. movies that I get to sit down and watch. And she's like, oh, she's like, oh this is amazing. Awesome. I want to watch it again. And it's like, yes. we only get one time. So, Pink, <laughs> so a Panfest treat you as well, I hope. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that was amazing. It was so funny you talk about the audience reaction yeah. because that was by far the most fun I've had watching this movie in, like, a year. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone was just, like, so animated and so, mm -hmm. like, it was almost like a, a live participation type yeah. of screening. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, that just made it so much, like, fresher yeah. and, like, nice instead of this thing that I've had to watch a thousand times for sound mix to be like, is that a, do you hear a buzzing? I hear a buzzing. <laughs> yeah. 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 The thing of the, the Panfest audiences is that, that everyone's so enthusiastic and uh, the love, the experience of watching a movie that every screening is really just a blast like that, no matter what it is. So I was glad that it, I was glad to be there for you guys. Oh, the, yeah. We, we were so happy to have you, man. And it, it feels like, it felt like we were in an audience full of filmmakers, mm -hmm. you know, we were, and and you can feel from them like that they know they know what it what it means right. yeah. to do every single thing in this right and so you know um we had our we had our world premiere in phoenix and that was incredible and we loved it um it felt like a lot of the audience like there were some filmmakers but what's cool about phoenix is that a lot of just people from Phoenix come to this festival, right? So mm -hmm. we had the experience of having a lot of people who just are movie lovers and like to watch movies, mm -hmm. um, but aren't filmmakers. And then we got this experience at Panic Fest of having like primarily filmmakers <laughs> experience it. And yeah, it is such a cool community over there. It's it's really special. And yeah, we, we weren't ready for how cool and supportive and awesome yeah. it was. I'm going to take a time. Next time you go to Kansas City, just ask any person which one is their movie tattoo. Like we all have movie tattoos. Like oh, there's funny. they live on me. Yeah. He has he has Black Phillip from uh from Ariel. Oh, like, uh, oh like, yeah, from the witch. Like literally every single person I think in Kansas City that's part of the Panic Film Festival, like each one of us has a movie tattoo somewhere. <laughs> you know what's so funny about the, the witch tattoo is that that was the actually the original guy that we were like, oh, we should get Mark Corvin to do our score. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, like everything in my temp tracks was like the witch, the witch, the witch, and I was like, well, why don't we just get the guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, the and witch. we reach out to his agency, and they're like, "Do you have another whole budget for your movie?" <laughs> <laughs> so the witch is one of those movies. That, on, the witch is one of those movies. They, they changed the way I watch movies. So like, um, it, I was a horror fan before, but after the witch, something turned to me, and that's like what I've been watching for the past five six years. So yeah. But anyway, the 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 uh, agency turned us on to this insanely talented composer, Steph Copeland, out of Canada. Oh, cool! And she just—we had like a mind melt. Like this, this girl is the most talented girl. I, I swear to God, like she's she's on another level when it comes yeah. to her musical composition. Well, the, yeah, the score was definitely dread-inducing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
There, yeah, she's done several. Oh, man, she's done a lot of different series. I, I just pulled up all her information. Yeah, wow. she works. She works. She works. She, works. she like, recently, like, right after we hired her, she won the uh, Canadian Screen Guild Music Award. So wow. I like to say that we hired her right before we couldn't afford her anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were like, we're so happy for you, and we're so happy this happened directly after you. <laughs> that actually, we 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 just did a movie um, with uh, Evan uh, Evan Marlowe, and like all the voice talent was like Jordan Peele right before he did Get Out, like <laughs> Robert England, uh, uh, Sid uh, oh, from it, yeah, yeah from uh, you know House of a Thousand Corpses, and like literally he was like, yeah, if all of them would have been what they are now, <laughs> like there's, there's no. no I could afford it. I could afford yeah, yeah. yeah. talent. So that's 100%. amazing. So I have a um, I have a really uh, impossible question for you three. What is your favorite movie? I knew he's going to ask this. He does it every episode. What is your favorite movie? You think? And and here, how about this? Since it is a horror movie, we're going with. How about what's your favorite suspense thriller movie? Like in this genre. Like what's the? If you like, man, that's my. I'm go-to. very sorry for asking the question. I just like he I does this every time. I. Do you know how much of a headache this question is? <laughs> like, you can't do it. Why? Why ask yeah, this? True. The Godfather is my favorite movie. Hands oh, down. oh, great! I mean, actually, yeah, just we watched all three of them like yeah, yeah. last week. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, in terms of horror and thriller, I'm I'm. It's so funny you said Fincher because I'm I'm a massive Fincher head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say that my favorite horror movie is The Shining, oh, which yeah. I know is like no. saying, I like music. I love the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Spider but One from Power true. Man 5000 gave us that same answer yeah. last week, yeah. too. So, yeah. so uh, Dino, what about you? Oh, man, I was hoping you were going to go to Matt next. Uh, <laughs> so I have something. I have something controversial to say. Okay. Uh, I am not very good at watching horror movies i am a huge huge baby okay there was an article i read recently that was like um you know there are certain types of people that just have more gullible brains and that's why they don't enjoy horror movies and i was like that's a harsh way of putting it but i i love i love watching horror movies but then i'm um incapable of sleeping uh for for weeks afterwards so this has been an interesting journey for me but i will say that the best horror movie i've ever seen and the one that absolutely ruined me for months was uh the babadook i love the oh that's a good book i was very interested in what you're gonna say next (laughs) yeah yeah don't say something like Sharknado. <laughs> no, no, the Babadook. I, I was, I loved that movie, and I loved like all of the crazy practical effects and anything that has like a child involved in a scary movie. Like, yeah. really, mm-hmm. I get. So I don't know if you guys got the chance to see Hymns, the short that uh, that was at Panic Fest. Chrissy Fox was it? That oh, one. Oh. Uh, I think Chrissy Fox was in it. She, she, uh, she, she directed it. She directed it. Yeah. yeah. I, I will have to look it up because yeah. she's been following us ever since we talked to her. So <laughs> she, she, I'll have to definitely go check that out. Matt. And it's oh. her daughter that's like the lead in it, and oh, wow. and it's wow. so scary. So that's that is my favorite scary movie that I will probably never watch again because it was <laughs> terrifying. Um. 
And Matt? I would say my, like, in terms of, like, thriller suspense, I think mine is probably Good Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, with oh. that yeah, Rob Benson, like yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. just like anxiety ridden <laughs> roller coaster. Yes. And anything they do is is like that. I Uncut remember like gems. Kyle and I yeah, Kyle <laughs> and I saw Uncut Gems together in theaters and we like both needed like a drink after to decompress. <laughs> we were just like, that was yeah. so intense. Uh but so I, I love what they're doing and then also like Ari Aster oh, is always like yeah. I feel like a new kind of like great in in horror today modern great and so i i loved hereditary and i'm, I'm excited to see Bo. i'm actually i'm actually uh, i'm doing a midsummer birthday party for myself this year oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Awesome. Party for awesome. himself in june yeah. and i literally told him i go how are you gonna get that many spotlights for your backyard bro because you're gonna have to make it so bright like that movie was. <laughs> but no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hanging out flower crowns and barriers and all that stuff so <laughs> but yeah uh, now uh, Bo is afraid I've seen that tonight, so I'm really excited for that. Too. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, blessed. Now, um, there is one question I got to ask you guys, because one of my favorite things, and I didn't even know you guys did this until I went into deep diving, so I've actually seen the two of you before uh, with one of my favorite little things that came out during the pandemic time, and that is Quarantine the Musical. Yeah. I can't believe... <laughs> I totally forgot. I've seen it before, and I know I saw it before because as soon as I, thought, I saw the name, I was like, no, that can't be. Oh, and I hit play, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yep. So in the future, are you guys thinking about writing anything comedic like that? Because you two were absolutely amazing in that little <laughs> show. Oh, well. Totally. It sounds like such a, like, a plain answer, but, like, I love all different types of genres. I love working in all different types of genres. That, like short came about because my friends and I just love to like sit around a guitar, start strumming and like start singing <laughs> like nonsense songs, basically like improvised lyrics and stuff like that. This incredibly pale man, he has like no right to be as good at, as good at a freestyle <laughs> rapping as he is. Like, it's hysterical and like you want to be annoyed, but you're impressed. <laughs> so that's, that's how that came about is, is, there uh, i mean he wrote like i mean him and uh mike, Mike, uh, Mm -hmm. wrote all of that music in like two weeks like crazy oh wow yeah yeah yeah. because that was awesome i I really i mean the the way you guys went back i mean because it does it did teach a very sad lesson about what was going on (laughs) during that at the end but at the same time to make light of a dark thing is exactly what comedy is it's you know i mean comedy has always been known to take the darkest side of things and turn it into a laugh and that's you know where we get some of the greatest comedies of all time um so everybody on the team after this like basically when we were rapping was just like man this was so cool Next one's a comedy. We <laughs> <laughs> gotta uh, uh, throw pies at each other. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just, uh, you know, it's not just production too. Of course, production is the most intense part. But you know, I, I think it's worth um, highlighting that Matt edited this entire film. Like well, he is the yeah. editor of Sound, this film. Like temp color, inserting temps, like audio, like we basically did a like a very very intense rough cut, and he did all of it for that rough (laughs) cut. That way, we could get more financing to get the rest of our post production in. But I I know that you know for us like sitting down and editing it, that 
you listen to like somebody screaming the same line that's very upsetting 45 times yeah. and it does start to like you're if you're a human person you start your ears start to touch your your, your shoulders start to touch <laughs> your ears because it's it's just intense material it's heavy stuff yeah. and um we loved it but yeah there are definitely times when we're like maybe maybe we just lighten the next one up just a little, you know, just a little bit just a touch. Maybe we go more of like a knives out way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. totally. Like, so funny. Times people come up to me and go, "God, that movie was disturbing." And I was like, "Disturbing." I don't know if I ever thought of it as disturbing, but then I kind of watched it again with fresh eyes. I was like, "Yeah, it's not an upper. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an upper." Yeah, it doesn't does it's not something you're going to show at the next family reunion, right? Right. right. But, uh, we, oh, but my family will. Like <laughs> many, many years ago. Many years ago, I, I threw this wonderful house party, a bunch of my friends. My friend came over, popped in a movie called Requiem for a Dream. Oh, <laughs> Have you ever seen it? And we all watched it. The credits hit. And right when the credits hit, my friend Ricky just looks at us all, and we're all in dead silence. And he's just like, well, the only way we can feel better is we all kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It was interesting. Like, I think we became pretty blind to how upsetting a movie it is. And then I watched it uh, with a friend of mine. Um, we watched it with our friends, James and Michelle. It was the first time we kind of took it out of the editing room and watched it with somebody else. And uh, they were like, oh, my God. And we were like, <laughs> but I want to tell you, I still think it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I think it's an amazing <laughs> movie. Thank you so much. And, and uh, I can't see uh, wait to see uh, what comes out from you guys next. Um, the one thing I like to say, uh, have you guys give out there as good positive energy at the end of our episodes, is what advice do you have for filmmakers and people that are getting into film now? Because you guys literally, you made this film come from nothing into something. And you guys are getting literally so many attributes. And it's well, well worth it. What do you have for a filmmaker that's coming up today? Matt, you want to take this away? <laughs> sure. Um, I would say that, uh, honestly, it's it's finding the right people to surround yourself with. I think a lot of it is uh, in filmmaking and in DIY filmmaking, it's so much of just exerting as much energy as possible and trying to figure everything out from the tiniest little thing, whether it's learning how to, you know, do a VFX shots when you can't pay for it or learning how to... Uh, light a set because you don't have enough people, you know, to fill out your G and E team. It's like kind of just learning how to do a little bit of everything and finding the right people around you who can supplement both your strengths and weaknesses. Um, and understanding those in yourself too. And just knowing like what you are capable of and what the team members around you are capable of and being able to really like kind of lean on each other is, is definitely a huge thing because, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to do this individually ourselves. It was it was truly like being able to rely on each other, being able to, you know, walk into a room and when there was a problem, knew that between the three of us, it was going to get solved no matter what. And so that was that. It was just kind of staying resilient um, and finding finding the right people to kind of build a team with. Yeah, it was very easy to lean on Matt because he literally did every single job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, to first of all, like not me getting misty when Matt was saying that, because we are we're so lucky to to be able to to have found each other and work with each other. But 
Um, also just having, you know, I think for me, the big lesson was realizing nobody really knows what they're doing and you don't, you don't, you don't need permission. You don't yeah. need permission from anybody to decide to do this. It's okay to just go into something with like the dream and like fake it till you make it and like just come at it with confidence, even when you might not be feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just uh, a thing that I've been saying a lot is just like having the audacity to believe that like you are a filmmaker and you can do this. And, and it, as long as you just keep the momentum going, it, <laughs> eventually you'll yeah. get there. The train's, the train's leaving the station. Yeah. <laughs> Either be on the train or this is the train. It's, it's already going. See, I would say, Oh, go ahead. So I, would, go ahead. I, would, I would literally wanted to just echo, like, it's all about like problems are always going to arise. Everything can be conquered. Everything can be overcome. So you just got to break it down into steps. Like, don't think like 20 months in advance. Think, what do I have to do for this next step? Like this little bit. Today. Yeah. (laughs) See, that actually, what you guys said, it was literally, when we started our podcast, neither one of us had an idea how to do a podcast. I've worked in radio. Chris has worked in in different uh, parts of being in a band and stuff like that. And we just literally sat down and said, we're going to do it. Now, four years later, we're still doing it. And (laughs) and it's uh, still got a great audience. So, um, man, it's been really nice. It's been awesome. Uh, We're about to wrap it up. Uh, I got I got to tell you guys this. So this is why I've been che- super cheesing the whole time too. Why we were doing this podcast, I just been informed that my friend Adam just had his baby boy. Oh, nice! Like literally oh, just now. Like, oh, like, like, oh, like, oh, I was like, so I was like, why is my messenger on my Facebook going Exploding. crazy? And then I got a picture. Yeah, he sent me a picture of his babies. Like, it's a boy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm it's like kid number five for you. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's oh, nice. That's, that's nice. amazing. <laughs> I, have, I have a brother that literally has 13 siblings. 13. He has 13 kids. 13 kids in Wisconsin. Lives right outside of Green Bay. Wow. And I'm just. My brother has 13 kids. 13 kids. Yes, 13 wow. of them. Dude. And I'm just like, dude. Sleep, and he got heat and air conditioning like last year. Oh my god! <laughs> well, the not having heat thing makes sense. That's why they have so many kids. Human furnaces. By the way, great movie by Heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my sister has four, and I have I have a lot. I have so much respect for for parents mm-hmm. i really really mm-hmm. do we are uh, yeah I, we have so a cat much respect for Evelyn. yeah i have a, two cats and a dog yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i got two cats two dogs and, two, and three chickens Yay. so oh, chickens. Yeah, we matt chicken. has us we're his kids oh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah going to chris's house is like going to like a miniature petting zoo like i think you just need like a goat at this point no oh, they, they oh. won't have it so my wife's like we'd have a goat for you there's only allowed it but she's she's <laughs> been like getting chickens so 
Uh, they don't, <laughs> they hate me. They don't like me at all. <laughs> but, um, really? Yeah, but I love chicken. They, well, you keep on making those Kentucky Fried Chicken jokes, dude. Know, They're right? not gonna like it. Yeah. Or taste, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, but hey, guys. Yeah. Um, he has to get back to work. I do. Um, <laughs> and you guys, it was such a. You do. You said you have a lunch break, and you got. It's been an hour. I know they like me though. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay with it. All right, well, thank you guys. Thanks for so much for coming on the show. Um, Absolutely, I, and thank and, you for all the kind words, man. Oh, yeah, Lisa was fantastic. Yeah, and I, I, really, I can't wait to see what you guys do yeah. next because, like, um, there's one of the few things is for me as a movie fan, like, I mean, I used to be a manager of a blockbuster in the 90s. I, I lived above a one-screen movie theater growing up, um, is finding movies that give me a surprise. And most movies don't these days. And your movie was one of the movies this year that actually like surprised me that I was like, cause usually I can catch foreshadowing. I can catch, you know, Oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. But in that Hitchcock like form is like literally how, how you guys wrote and made this movie happen. And I can't even say enough good words about this movie. Believe me, as soon as this gets to a public where I can actually push this out to all the public where they can go grab it from any platform, I'll push you guys to the ceiling. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you so much. All right, well, we appreciate you guys. All right, well, we'll see you guys later, and I'll let you know when this is up for sure. Absolutely, awesome! Thank you guys. Great meeting, guys. Congratulations on the uh, the the friend's son. On your friend's son. (laughs) You're you're fourteen. I won't get to see. I won't get to see him more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. That's another episode of Movies Don't Suck and Some Do. My name is Neil, and I'm Chris. And remember, guys, no matter how hot the woman is that hands you a shepherd pie, maybe sometimes you just shouldn't eat it. Have a good day.